of the folks that that I've talked to, I mean, they're seeing five, six, sometimes up to 10x more engagement from these one-to-one videos than they see with their email campaigns. You're listening to The Higher Ed Marketer, a podcast geared towards marketing professionals in higher education. This show will tackle all sorts of questions related to student recruitment, donor relations, marketing trends, new technologies, and so much more. If you're looking for conversations centered around where the industry is going, this podcast is for you. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the Higher Ed Marketer Podcast, where each week, Mark Kaler and myself, Troy Singer, interview influencers within the higher ed marketer space that we admire and feel would be interesting to our community. Today, we have a gentleman who is someone that we looked up to as we started our podcast. His name is Zach Buzicruz, and he is the founder of Enrollify, which is not only a podcast, but it could be considered a platform for higher ed marketers or higher ed enrollment professionals that gives great content. Yeah, I think that uh, I've I've admired Zach for several years now. I, I was uh, I've I've known him for a while. I've also been on the Enrollify podcast early on, and, and we make reference to that in the conversation. But I, one of the things I really like about Zach is uh, because his job is focused entirely on developing higher ed content he really has a chance to learn about a lot of new things. And so he's got a really great little thing that he does on Fridays called Fry Ideas. I've learned about some new things that I've then shared with my clients just through his little 30-minute Loom video. And I, and I really appreciate Zach because he's a consummate learner and he tries to always try to find new things, especially in the digital world, in technology and utilizing those things. And uh, a lot of people that he talks to on the podcast are leaders and vendors in, in providing that. But I think, you know, regardless of, of that, I think uh, Zach is just uh, has a passion about higher ed, has a passion about enrollment. And uh, I think you'll really hear that come through in today's conversation. Yes. And since we've already had our conversation with him, I can also say he gives some really good advice, especially for marketing for social media. And I think it would be to our listeners' advantage to really take notes and then to yeah. follow some of those recommendations. Yeah, and stick around all the way to the end because a couple of his last points, even at like 28 minutes, are are gold. So don't bail early. (laughs) Agreed. So here is Zach Buzicruz. It's my pleasure to welcome Zach Buzicruz to the Higher Ed Marketer Podcast. And Zach, my initial question to you is, how does it feel to be on that side of the microphone? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's, it's funny, Troy. This is actually my third podcast interview, well, third uh, mo- third time being, I guess, in the hot seat this week. I did another <laughs> podcast and then I had a webinar, which was basically a podcast uh, interview. And that's very, very unusual. And so I, I, I think the last time I was even on a podcast was months ago. So to to answer your question a little bit directly, it's it's scary. It's harder <laughs> when you don't have control over the conversation. Much easier to to ask the questions in my experience. But it's a it's a privilege to be here. And you know, I big fan of all the uh, episodes you guys have put out and what you're building here. And happy to join you for today's conversation. Thank you, Zach. And if you would tell everyone a little bit about yourself and your very relevant higher ed podcast. 
Well, what I like to tell folks is I get to spend most of my time talking with people that are a lot smarter than me about things that I know little to nothing about. And essentially, I just spend most of my time acting like a sponge and uh, understanding leaders in marketing, uh, both inside and outside of higher ed, what are they thinking about? What are the sorts of strategies and tactics that they're most excited about in any given moment? Where are they seeing success? Um, and then I get to help sort of like translate that into context and content that, you know, is hopefully interesting to folks that folks might find helpful and valuable and just find, you know, creative ways to encourage people to adopt some of these strategies and tactics and make them work within, you know, their unique context. So yeah, for those, I guess, who, who aren't aware, I founded Enrollify and Enrollify is a robust resource of podcasts and videos and e-courses and Really, sort of our, our mission is just to empower enrollment marketers, which we define as anyone working in marketing or admissions for a college or university with tools and you know resources and ideas for how to optimize you know the resources that they do actually have to get the results that they need. So I spend a ton of my time creating lots of content and talking with folks all over the higher ed spectrum and have a lot of fun while while doing it. So that's a little bit about me and who I am and what I do. That's great. Thanks. Thanks, Zach. It's, it's good to, you know, get back together on a podcast with you. I think you guys recently celebrated a hundred episodes on Enrollify. I'm sure you're at 110 now or whatever, but, um, I think I was episode 16 and, yes, uh, you were an early adopter, Bart. <laughs> I was. We're and so, so thankful. We, there were probably three people listening, but, um, it, <laughs> probably right. it's grown a lot since then, but, uh, but so, yeah. um, so I've always enjoyed listening to the podcast. I think you really talked to a lot of really good leaders and, and probably some of them are crossing over with what, who we're talking to as well. But I know one of the things that I always really appreciate, uh, not only your, your Enrollify podcast, but you also have a, you know, a Friday's, a, a, I don't know how you pronounce Fridays. it. Fridays. Fridays. Yes. Yeah. So the idea of every Friday you come up with new ideas and I always find that just extremely helpful. And I know one of the things that uh, you and I talked about offline before we got started was, just this whole idea of of you know some of the new ways of really implementing personalization into higher ed marketing. We've talked about that on a level, several episodes, and it really continues to be one of the trends in higher ed marketing is the idea of Generation Z and then you know soon to come Generation Alpha. They really are demanding more personalization and they want to be known. And it seems like one of the ways to do that is is kind of that you know utilizing one to one video. And I know one of the things that you've gotten excited about that, as as have I. And I'm just curious to, you know, tell me a little bit about what you're learning and how you are seeing that being leveraged and utilized. Yeah, uh, great, great question. And so at the end of the day, I think what people are interested in today is, is not dramatically different from what we've been interested in for, for decades, which is this idea of personalized communications, this idea of really feeling understood as a consumer, right? And, and appreciated, quite frankly, for the time and attention that you do dedicate to a brand. And how I think that translates to, to higher ed is I see students today being very interested in schools that are actually using the channels and mediums and, and tactics that Gen Z prefers to communicate in and using those for something that is, you know, can be scary, which is the the journey to college, the journey to enrollment. And so the way that I see one-to-win video right now being used by schools, and the thing that, that excites me most is I, I feel like the schools that are adopting these, these strategies 
uh, while still relatively early, they're showing Gen Z that like, hey, we hear you. We see you. We, we know that you don't want to read a 500 word email from us. We know that, you know, you don't love spending your weekends reading a 2000 word blog article from us, even if it is a student story, right? You like video, you like short, sweet, to the point, engaging content, content that is entertaining, content that is, you know, inspirational, content that is educational. And it is just quite frankly, a heck of a lot easier to produce that kind of content via video. And so to speak a little bit more practically, you know, schools that are implementing these one-to-one communication, video communication strategies are seeing incredible engagement right now, right? Of the folks that that I've talked to, I mean, they're seeing five, six, sometimes up to 10x more engagement from these one-to-one videos than they see with their email campaigns, right? That's phenomenal. Like, and I, I think that video as a as a medium has also just come a long way, right? It, and I think COVID is actually to thank for this. I think people are more comfortable being on camera because of all the Zoom videos that we've all had to do, that there's actually, it's actually easier to get admissions counselors and folks within your enrollment management operation to adopt things like recording a quick little video to thank a student for coming to an event or recording a quick little post-inquiry video that they then blast to, you know, Troy after he submitted an inquiry form, whatever it might be. So I I think that, you know, uh, the schools that are adopting these strategies right now and understanding and getting really, quite frankly, comfortable with video, quick, scrappy video production are the schools that are going to see wonderful engagement, especially in the you know post app part of the funnel, but also in post inquiry. Yeah. So yeah, and, and you know a tool that I I I've recommended to several folks recently is is Good Kind. They're they're doing incredible work right now, trying to help colleges and universities implement one to one video at scale. And yet their product is their product is awesome. And Bart, I know that you have a you've got another product that you've used that you love. So yeah, yeah, I, I I've been using BombBomb. We had Ethan Butte on episode twenty six, and I think he talked about kind of the. Certainly, that's one product. I mean, good kind, bomb bomb. I've heard people using Vidyard. There's a lot of different products out there. Some of them are more oriented toward education and and uh, have success in those. But I think that the whole point, and this is what Ethan talked about, was the idea of this human relationship, this human ability that video gives you that you know a text and an email sometimes won't. Exactly, and you know, I think that one of the concerns for some of the enrollment management leaders I've spoken to is like, well. My team is already doing so much. Like, I what you really want me to get people to record a one-to-one video? Uh, who's got time for that? But you know, I, I think sometimes sending these quick little videos is actually easier than you know writing out a long email. Yeah, and it actually takes less time, right? Uh, so, and the, a lot of these tools are getting more sophisticated, where you know they've got scripts that'll run right by the camera, so it looks like you're looking at the camera even though you're reading off the script. So, the, the software has come a long way, and uh, I do think this is a really interesting, viable, viable solution for folks that are looking to up their game in sort of engagement land. Thank you, Zach. Uh, speaking of mediums and where Gen Z is and communicating with them there, something that we hear a lot about is how to utilize TikTok effectively for higher ed. And I think it's said that even though we know 90% of Gen Z is on TikTok, there is a very small percentage of higher ed institutions utilizing it or maybe even thinking that they want to go into it. I would like to hear any thoughts that you have about that. Yeah, it's funny. Um, I was on a 
chat earlier today with Matt Diddlejan, who is the CEO and co-founder of Glacier. And they're a digital advertising firm out of Calgary, Canada. And they do a lot of research on, on this stuff. And what Matt was sharing with me is that, yeah, to your point, Troy, like 90 plus percent of Gen Z is on TikTok and less than 9% of higher education institutions are, right? So, you know, talk about sort of just like a, a, a significant chasm there, right? And where the, the unique thing about TikTok, and I think what's hard is that if you're a college or university and you work with a partner and you outsource a lot of your content creation to a vendor, you're used to that vendor, you know, helping you write blog content or, you know, create even video content on your behalf. And that's a little bit easier to do that. You can then go and, you know, run a Facebook campaign around or an Instagram campaign around. But the, the thing about TikTok is like, it, it's so, it's so personal and it, it really does require like a representative from the college or university to create the content. It's very hard to like outsource that. So where we're seeing like really interesting success is when schools find a way to essentially build like an in-house TikTok creative agency. And really what that looks like is finding students that you can pay and you really, you really, really, really should find a way to pay them, even if it's just, you know, a, a little bit here and there, but find students that are already active on TikTok that are good content creators and invite them to help pilot your university's TikTok account. And work with them like you would your vendor partner or even sort of your in-house, you know, marketing team, but give them autonomy, right? And and let them, they understand the platform natively, right? Like in ways that, you know, I don't even understand uh, the platform, let alone, you know, someone who's a VP or, or a you know, college president. So give them autonomy, essentially build a little in-house creative team and say, look, and, and where I think a vendor could play a role is if you want a vendor to help sort of coach folks and like, you know, uh, basically give them some idea around what the content strategy over the, over a 12 month season should look like. You could get some support there, but at the end of the day, the content creators themselves really do need to be the students at your college or university. This is not a, a content type that you can or should easily outsource. And I would even argue that many of your admissions counselors and folks on your marketing team might also not be the most qualified people to be creating TikToks. Yeah, I would agree with that. It seems like it's a it's a unique platform that you have to natively kind of understand. I often tell my clients when I do different presentations with, you know, if you're not already slam dunking it on Instagram and other things, TikTok is is probably like a three or four hundred level course. And you really need to know what you're doing in the basic courses before you jump into that because you can you can fail pretty fast. But I think that your ideas of really leveraging that internal team trusting them, giving them autonomy, I think makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, and one last point on this too, is that we are seeing some colleges and universities who are pretty progressive and they're trying to get ahead of the game here. And I think that the schools that are doing this well are working with their marketing and their admissions teams. And they're saying, look, like we're not trying, and this, this really takes like, you know, buy-in from, from leadership here, but we don't want you to worry about ROI right now. Right. Like, like right now, TikTok is not a place to sort of measure impact on enrollment. Like you, you can't directly. It, it's incredibly hard to do that right now. Right. Whereas with Facebook, Google campaigns, you can understand pretty, you know, assuming you've got at least a little bit of software in place, what the impact on these campaigns were on your enrollment. So if, if you're going to take a marketing attribution approach to TikTok, don't do it. But I do think that schools that are, at least right now, right, that'll change in the next couple of years. But right now, like, think about this as like an investment. Like you are, you're not going to see a return on this for, you know, five, 10 years, maybe. 
But the schools that do, that are earlier adopters of this platform, like it's not going away and it's captured such significant market share of Gen Z attention that like, it's really not optional. You've got to be there. The question is how quickly are you going to figure out what to do in order to, you know, earn uh, prospects attention on that platform? Yeah. And I think that your, your point earlier, the entertainment fast factor, a lot of times I like to call it edutainment Yeah, where it's like, how do we educate somebody brand awareness, someone through entertainment? And you've got to realize that that's what it is right now. And yeah. And, and oh, no, I was just gonna say Bart and you know, it's, uh, I couldn't agree more. And Matt from, from Glacier was just telling me that they just completed this survey of 1400 uh, prospective college students who I believe were uh, ages 16 through uh, just 16 and 17 year olds. So probably, you know, juniors and seniors. And this generation has the highest ad recall. Uh, like th- their ad recall is like uh, something like five to 10 X more than millennials ad recall. And yet they only watch an ad for like an average of two seconds on TikTok and Snapchat. So the time actually engaging with the ad is, is less, right? But the recall of the brand that put it out is incredibly high. So I share that only as a, as a quick add-on to say that just because you can't measure enrollment, in, you won't be able to measure impact on enrollment immediately with TikTok for at least a couple of years, doesn't mean that there isn't impact on enrollment. Right, right. Very good. Well, I, I think another uh, another question that kind of goes along with that is, you know, kind of figuring out effective ways to measure that enrollment. I talked a little bit about social media doing that, but I think a lot of ways people don't realize how just the content on their website could impact that, especially from a search engine optimization uh, standpoint. And I think that, Zach, I know you and I, you know, we work with different size schools. I mean, small schools, big schools, and, and SEO is kind of the uh, the, the leveling agent in a way, because I mean, somebody from a big, you know, a, a big public school can rank as well as somebody at a small school or vice versa in the sense of SEO is kind of the great equalizer. So talk a little bit about how that works out and what, what opportunities look like for, for schools with search engine optimization. Yeah, no, I, I love this question. Um, because what's beautiful about SEO is it's, it's, it's earned attention in it's like, truest of formats, right? Like, uh, if you, if you are ranking well around a key term or a key keyword or a couple of key topics, if you've earned that authority, right? Like you no longer have to spend money with Google trying to get, you know, your ads in front of users that are searching for that particular keyword. And so when it comes to SEO, I think the place to start is you, you have to understand what you're actually ranking for. So many schools don't understand where, where they're currently at. Right. Like, and there's so many, there are so many tools out there that help you understand this, like SEMrush, uh, uh, Moz SEO, uh, Ahrefs, all these tools, you can run your domain through their software and get a sense for all the different keywords that you are organically already ranking for. So I'd say when it comes to SEO, first and foremost, you have to understand kind of like where you're at, you know, what, what are your baselines? What are you ranking for in the first, second, third, fourth, fifth positions of Google? But then also it's important to understand ranking opportunities. So like, where, where do you exist on that like second or third page of Google and what terms, right. That you're current, that you've got pages that are currently ranking on page two of Google, let's say in position 15, like if those terms have incredible monthly search volume, meaning like there are lots of people in any given month, Googling that particular term. And right now, like you're on that second page, but you're in position 15, 
right? You and you want to win on that particular term. That is that's where you fo- that's where you should focus your energy when it comes to SEO is figuring out like most immediately positions eleven through twenty is like what I would like to tell folks. Go and figure out where you're ranking for terms uh, in positions eleven through twenty that you would love to move on to the first page of Google search results for, and then invest your time and energy in creating more content around those particular key terms and topics. And to your point, Bard, uh, SEO being this great equalizer, what I love about this is that so much of higher ed marketing strategies and tactics do require money. And SEO is one of those things that like, it doesn't actually need to uh, require money. It requires time and you know, time is money. But at the end of the day, like you don't need to be spending tens of thousands of dollars, you know, $30,000 on a digital advertising campaign. If you create enough compelling content strategically, you can win on those same terms and topics for, you know, quote unquote free. And I think that that's, that's a missed opportunity. Schools, schools create a ton of content, a ton of content in any given year, but not all of that content is thought about strategically. So the way to think about SEO, to put it a little bit more concisely, is you should not create content. You should not have content on your website. Uh, that, that's purpose, right, is to uh, attract, engage, or delight new students until you've done effective SEO research. Until you understand what you're ranking for and what you want to be ranking for but aren't ranking for yet, you shouldn't create any piece of student recruitment-oriented content. So first and foremost, figure out what you're ranking for already, understand what you would like to rank for, and then use that insight to guide your enrollment marketing strategy. That's great. That's that's some really, really good insight there. And I, I think that, you know, schools that are going to implement that and really apply that could really see a lot of really good things come from that. And so, excellent. Thank you. Yeah. Before we wind up our podcast, we always ask at the end, Zach, is there something that you've either read or come across or maybe have implemented that someone could implement next week and see success with or move the needle with? Oh, it's the million dollar question, right? Everyone <laughs> wants results quickly and cheaply and uh, yeah, with not a lot of time and effort, right? So uh, a couple things come to mind. First and foremost, so Snapchat as a platform. We haven't, we haven't talked so much about that. I don't know if you guys have talked with others about, about Snapchat, but uh, again, in my conversation with Matt Diddleton earlier today, he was like, you know, he was saying, Hey, Snapchat's CPM is incredibly low right now. And the quality leads that they are generating, that Glacier's clients are generating right now from Snapchat is, is incredible. And he's saying like, it, he, he, he almost doesn't want other people to know about this. Because he's like, you know, we've got schools spending three to $5,000 on Snapchat campaigns and they're getting quality inquiries or quality event RSVPs to their campus visit days. And so I think Snapchat as a platform, again, has incredible engagement. 88% of Gen Z uh, uses Snapchat daily. So incredible engagement. But it's also, it's, I feel like it's one of those social channels that just doesn't get enough airtime in, in higher ed. Even though, again, like target audiences are there. And I do think it's because People don't necessarily understand how to use Snapchat well. I think a lot of the reason why folks don't spend money on social platforms, to your point earlier, Bart, is that they don't understand it. They don't use it themselves. So they have a very hard time understanding why a 17-year-old would use it and or how a college or university would try to capture the attention of a 17-year-old using that platform, right? But that pool seems to be converting at incredible rates right now. 
and the cost per acquisition of those of those leads coming from Snapchat are incredibly low compared you know compared to like a, a Facebook or Instagram. So I would say run a Snapchat campaign. Those are also very easy to get uh, up and running. You can take static creative and run it through Snapchat's creative tools to make it a little bit more dynamic so it looks like a video. So there there doesn't need to be like a heavy creative lift. Uh, and you can drop, you know, $2,500 to 5K, whatever it might be on like a test campaign and get that up and running very, very quickly. So that's one idea. Another idea would be, I would say, like, go sign up for a free trial of SEMrush or Ahrefs or Moz SEO or other SEO tools and run your domain through these, these software tools. You can cancel the, uh, the subscription, right, before you're charged if you, if you don't want to keep paying the 50 to 100 bucks a month or whatever it costs, right? But that intel on understanding, oh my gosh, who knew that we were ranking for best liberal arts college in Wisconsin with uh, great student to faculty uh, ratios or something like that? Like, it, it, you might be winning on terms that you don't even know that you're winning on. And if you are winning on those particular terms, the pages that are ranking well for those terms, right, you sure as heck better have great conversion opportunities on that page. You should have a chatbot on that page, a simple live chat feature, at, at the bare minimum a form, right, uh, an inquiry form that makes it really easy for prospects to, you know, raise their hand and say, I'm interested in learning more. Oftentimes, schools spend so much time thinking about their homepage, thinking about their formal inquiry page, that they forget the fact that a lot of their ranking pages are major or program pages. And a lot of the major and program pages don't actually have simple forms embedded on that page. Oftentimes, those pages have CTAs that redirect to other forms, right? But like, go figure out where you're ranking for right now and make sure that those pages have very, very easy, frictionless ways for people to raise their hand and say, I want to learn more about your school. That's something that any school, no matter your size, no matter your budget, can, can do. And you could do something like that within a 24-hour period of time. So those are my two my two ideas for you. That's a great point, Zach. And I'll just build on that last one. We uh, There was a blog post on a school website that we were working on that we were unaware of, but it was, uh, it was something about, you know, it was a, it was a Bible college and it was about church planting and, and there's, you know, there's a, there's a big movement around that and a lot of people searching on that. Well, that, that particular post had more traffic on it than the homepage and all the other pages combined. Yeah. And, uh, the, the missed opportunity because no one knew about that. I think a professor put it up and, you know, that's just the way it happens sometimes is that there wasn't a call to action to their 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 <laughs> graduate level stuff that they were selling about church planning. And so when we changed that and implemented that, that, that you know, it was made a big impact because all of a sudden you've got all these people coming to the website. So again, to your point, not only using things like SEM Rush and, and these other tools, but also looking at your own Google Analytics to figure out what what do we have traffic naturally coming to already? And how can we really make sure that we are ready for that traffic and converting it when it's there? Yeah, one of the, one of the things that we like to say to folks all the time too is that you know, schools spend so much time thinking about how to get people to their website, right? So much time, so much energy, so much money. And then oftentimes, like, once you get somebody to the website, it's like, well, what do you want them to do, right? Like, how do you ensure that now that you've got, you've got them here, you got the visit, you got the attention, how are you ensuring that you're guiding the prospect to the information that he or she is looking for in as quickly away as possible. And as it, you know, and how do you, at the end of the day, ensure that their, their experience, they can navigate through your site in the way in which they want to navigate it. Uh, and I think that that's, that's the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is how do you essentially ensure 
that you have personalized, you know, down to the individual prospect as best as you can, the journey to enrollment? And how do you ensure that you've got the, you know, technology, the infrastructure necessary to, to make that as easy as possible, you know, given, given all the other things on your institution's plate. So love that idea. It's not just about, you know, figuring out how to get people to your website. You got to figure out what to do with them once they're there. Right. Perfect. Wonderful content that you brought today, Zach. And we really appreciate you coming on to the program and bringing the knowledge and the energy that you bring weekly on your podcast. So if you would, before we go, please, if you would tell everyone how they could contact you if they would like to and publicize and rollify one more time. Yeah, uh, you can you can get in touch with me at Zach, Z-A-C-H at enrollify.org or you can follow us on you know, we're on all social media platforms um, and you can just head on over to enrollify.org. We've got tons and tons of free resources. So one of the things I like to tell everybody is like, you can't buy anything from Enrollify. So, you know, there, there's nothing there's nothing that Enrollify is trying to sell you other than really, really great content. We help pay for that content with our amazing partners and sponsors. But we're, at the end of the day, trying to build a ton of free resources to help enrollment marketers who are working, you know, as single man or single woman shops and or, you know, large public institutions that got, you know, massive teams of uh, marketing and admissions professionals. So good e-courses, podcasts, videos, lots more at enrollify.org. But thank you guys so much for the time. This has been a blast and big fan of what you guys are building. Troy, you know, recently came into uh, contact with you, but Bart, I've, I've known you for a while and really, really respect all the work that you do. And thank you guys for creating a space for these conversations to happen. Thanks, Zach. Appreciate you being on here. This has been great. Yeah, that's our pleasure. Bart, do you have any parting words before we wind this episode up? You know, I, I don't have many because I think that, you know, Zach was so articulate on so many things ranging from, you know, using video for one-to-one personalization to talking about TikTok and Snapchat and some of the other social media opportunities. And then just kind of getting into the whole idea of how to really start leveraging SEO with even with some of the free tools that are out there. I think that doing SEO and then really trying to convert people where they are. I think those are all excellent points. I think that um, I would just encourage people just to kind of follow Enrollify, start start taking advantage of those free resources. I know a lot of the listeners that, that we have on here have taken advantage of, of the resources that Keeler Solutions has on our blogs and our on our podcast and different elements, but, you know, check out Enrollify because I think they've kind of been a little bit more of a, uh, a clearinghouse for a lot of content, uh, their original content, but also other content as well. So I would just encourage everybody to check that out and follow Zach. The Higher Ed Marketer Podcast is sponsored by Kaler Solutions, an education, marketing, and branding agency, and by Think Patented, a marketing execution company specializing in printing and mailing solutions for higher ed institutions. On behalf of my co-host, Bart Kaler, I'm Troy Singer. Thanks again for joining us. You've been listening to The Higher Ed Marketer. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you're listening with Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to leave a quick rating of the show. Simply tap the number of stars you think the podcast deserves. Until next time.